Limitless Mindset Podcast. This podcast will teach you to acquire superhuman mental abilities and hack your reality. In this episode, Woody Roseland, a five-time cancer survivor, shares lessons for thriving despite a crisis of a lifetime and 11 very actionable life hacks for avoiding cancer. Today we're talking about cancer, a topic that is particularly hits close to home for me because I've had cancer numerous times and so this is something that a lot of people worry about. It affects pretty much everybody. I think you'd be hard pressed to find someone who wasn't in some way, shape or form affected by cancer. So I'll be talking about what some of the causes of cancer are and some easy ways that you can prevent cancer in your own life 
as well as a little bit about my story just to let you kind of know where I'm coming from and that I'm not just some complete idiot that I do have some knowledge on this topic and I have done quite a bit of research over the years on this. I was initially diagnosed in 2007 when I was 16 years old uh, with osteosarcoma in my left knee and it came back in my lungs four different times. Most recently it came back in my left calf when I had my leg amputated in June of 2011. I've been doing chemotherapy ever since and I'm actually in the hospital right now in Denver, Colorado finishing up my final round of chemotherapy. So this is a good week for me. I'm very excited to be finished with chemotherapy and get my life back. So I guess a good place to start when talking about cancer is what is cancer? Because I feel like a lot of people probably have heard of cancer a ton, but they're not exactly sure what it is, except for it's pretty bad and that you don't want it. So basically cancer in a nutshell is uncontrolled cell growth. So whatever in the cell whatever part of the cell that tells it to reproduce is broken so it just reproduces uncontrollably and that's that's pretty much the long and the short of what cancer is and so the next question is usually well how do I get cancer and there are two ways that you get cancer there's genetic factors that go into you getting cancer and there's environmental factors and it's usually a combination of the two of them which cause you to have cancer Like, for instance, let's say you have a family history of having cancer. Like, all of your relatives and parents and grandparents have had cancer, and you're a heavy smoker. Then you probably have a higher chance of having cancer. And so, everyone knows that smoking is bad, but I figured I'd just throw some numbers at you just to solidify your thinking that smoking is bad for you. A carcinogen is something that is documented to cause cancer, and cigarettes contains 60 well-documented carcinogens so don't smoke because a large majority of these carcinogens are associated to smoking related cancers like cancers of the lung bladder esophagus stomach kidneys cervix pancreas and head and neck so smoking causes a lot of nasty types of cancer so even though you already knew that smoking was bad just stay away Drinking alcohol is also known to cause cancer because when you drink alcohol and the liver breaks it down, it produces something called acetaldehyde, which is a really, really nasty chemical and it wrecks havoc on your body. It interferes with DNA synthesis and causes growth chromosomal aberrations. An animal trial showed that when acetaldehyde was added to rodents' water, they had the same symptoms of those with chronic alcohol consumption. And this trial also showed that acetaldehyde has mutagenic and carcinogenic effects. So when you drink lots of alcohol, it produces this nasty chemical, which can be really, really detrimental to your body. And this puts you most at risk of esophagus cancer, larynx cancer, oral cancer, liver cancer, stomach cancer, and prostate cancer. And also... Chronic alcohol consumption can suppress the immune system, and this includes early response to infection and the tumor surveillance system. So drinking alcohol in excess can be pretty nasty and can cause cancer. And I'm not saying that you can't drink alcohol. I'm just saying that a lot of alcohol isn't good because when you drink red wine that has antioxidants and which can be good for you and can have immunoprotective antioxidants so drinking occasionally isn't terrible terribly damaging but having a constant presence of alcohol in your life will put you at greater risk of a litany of different cancers and health problems 
So it's interesting. I found a study, and it's kind of a general perception that when you work out, it will increase your immune system strength. But that's only true to a certain point. So if you're exercising too vigorously, you can possibly damage your immune system, which is kind of counterintuitive to what you'd expect. So you have to kind of strike a good balance when working out because if you're working out too vigorously, then you're actually hurting your immune system, putting it yourself at a greater risk. Stress and depression can also really hurt your immune system and allow it to be an environment that cancer cells can uh, thrive in because stress and depression have the same effect on the immune system. They both are associated with decreased silotoxic T cells as well as natural killer cells are decreased as well. And so this means that without these cells in your body, you don't have a defense in your immune system to make sure the cancer cells don't start forming. And if they do form, there's no defense to regulate the tumors. So stress and depression, stay away from them, which is often easier said than done. So the endocrine system, central nervous system, and immune system are all very intricate bodily systems that interact together. And when the body is stressed by negative events, the body releases uh, adrenaline, cortisol, and growth hormone. And when these are released, they all provoke measurable change in immune function. So whether it's like a death in the family or depression and and anxiety, uh, these enhance the production of this chemical called IL-6, and that causes the body's inflammatory response to become heightened and sensitized. And chronic inflammation may be a contributing factor in up to 15% of all cancer cases. So when depressed, your body starts working against itself. So it's important to, if you want to stay healthy, you got to stay happy. So we've talked about things that can cause cancer, like smoking, drinking, stress, depression. So now I'd like to take some time talking about what you can do to prevent cancer in your own life. Because this is a life hacking blog, I'm going to try and tell you things that are pretty easy to do and that you can do in your life cheaply and effectively that can positively help you avoid cancer, if at all possible. So the first thing is vitamin D. And you people probably know that vitamin D is naturally produced in the body when the skin comes in contact with the sun and that it's typically a supplement that people take if they have weak bones or broken bones or bone disease. But the truth is that if you live in the higher latitudes, you probably aren't getting enough sunlight to adequately produce the proper amount of vitamin D that you actually need. But most sunscreens that you use are actually completely effective in blocking the ultraviolet rays, which is good in reducing skin cancer, but bad for vitamin D intake. And so you're probably wondering, what is it that vitamin D actually does? And it's very effective in prohibiting tumor angiogenesis. And angiogenesis is one of those medical terms that you probably don't know. So what it is in layman's terms is a tumor is kind of like a little city in your body. And every city needs its resources. So your tumor, it needs its you know, blood, its oxygen, its whatever to grow and to sustain itself. So it builds all these blood vessels stemming from it. And that's what angiogenesis is. So if the vitamin D prohibits the tumor angiogenesis, that means that it prohibits it from making all these blood cells or blood vessels to feed itself so it won't be able to grow. And the nice thing about vitamin D is that you can get it for really, really cheap. Um, like I bought a bottle of it and it was like 
six bucks for three months worth of it. So really, really cheap and effective way to prevent cancer. So I know that we have a pretty diverse audience of listeners, but the large majority of you live in America, and the American diet is one of high fat and high meat. And uh, this is pretty dangerous diet because uh, meat, um, when it's cooked, it contains a carcinogenic compound, and red meat is pretty dangerous, and a ton of studies have showed an increase and colorectal cancer in people with increased meat consumption as well as the countries with the highest I'm sorry the countries with the lowest cancer mortality rate also have the lowest meat consumption so if you can avoid eating red meat maybe substitute it for chicken or fish that's a much healthier alternative another thing you can do that's really effective in preventing cancer is getting the proper amount of fiber, which actually lowers the rate of colorectal cancer 40%. So high fiber foods include whole grains, fruits, vegetable, and high fiber diets have been shown to lower the levels of cholesterol and combat various gastrointestinal diseases. So be sure to keep your pantry stocked with spaghetti, almonds, raisins, oatmeal, stuff like that, because that's something you can do really easily. Most people think of fiber as just something that old people do, but really, it can be something that you do too to keep you healthy. Hey, this is Jonathan, and I wanted to give you some lifestyle and diet suggestions also for minimizing cancer risk. First of all, like Woody said, you want to have a high-fiber, low-fat diet. So try to make sure that you're getting at least 40 grams per day of fiber. And so that's going to be a lot of beans, berries, bananas, apples, artichokes, peas, and broccoli. Remember also you want to try to avoid microwaving. A lot of those are foods that people microwave, so try to avoid microwaving your stuff. You also want to avoid dairy products, which are going to be your milk, cheese, yogurts, and so forth. Dairy products have a tendency to boost the insulin-like growth factor 1, which is sometimes also called IGF-1 production in the body. And the high calcium content of dairy products also decreases the vitamin D activation. One vitamin supplement you definitely want to make sure you're you're getting to avoid cancer is B12. And vitamin B12 actually does not occur naturally in a vegetable diet. So in addition to the vegetable diet, you want to make sure you're taking a vitamin B12 supplement every day. Another really awesome thing to add to your diet regularly is garlic. Ideally, you want to put garlic in everything that you eat, fresh garlic, because garlic contains sulfur compounds that will stimulate the immune system's natural defense against cancer, and um, so yeah, they're gonna they're gonna help a whole lot with the immune system, which is really you know all of us have cancer cells in our body at any given time, and it's just because of our uh, the abilities of our immune system that they aren't forming into uh, into major tumors. You also want to avoid overcooking your meat at at all costs. When you overcook your meat or when your meat gets charred, it will form heterocyclical 
aminos, which uh, very often will turn into cancer. And so a real simple way of avoiding overcooking your meat and avoiding those heterocyclic aminos is to apply a real thick marinade to your meat before you grill it. And then when you do grill your meat, try to make sure that there's no contact between the flames and the actual meat itself. Speaking of your meats, what you want to try to do is if possible, you want to try to avoid like the beef and the chicken type meat and you want to try to get in as much omega-3 as possible and and that is in the form of fish for the most part, which is your salmon, your mackerel, your halibuts, your sardines, tuna, as well as shrimp. And I have to apologize, I'm kind of at a lodge at the moment and we're having a party here right now, so you might hear that a little bit in the background, but I wanted to get this podcast out, so I'm recording it anyways. Thanks for your understanding. You also, if you if you drink coffee frequently, there have been some recent studies that linked heavy coffee drinking to lower risk of fatal prostate cancer, as well as certain aggressive types of breast cancer. And this was actually a result of several studies, one of which was conducted by the Journal of the National Institute uh, of the Journal of National Institute study with. 48,000 men. Speaking of things that you drink, another substance that's recommended drinking daily is green tea. And there's a chemical which occurs in green tea that's called EGCG. And some scientists actually believe that this may be one of the most powerful chemicals, uh, one of the most powerful anti-cancer chemicals ever discovered and green tea is something that's really cheap you can buy it at any grocery store and you can drink it every day and it tastes pretty delicious and what I've found is that it usually will increase my productivity and my energy levels as well you want to make sure real simple thing is you want to make sure that you're consuming a lot of water I know this seems self-explanatory it seems like common sense but a lot of people just don't consume it anywhere as much water as they should throughout the day. So try to make it a point to pour yourself a glass of water every time you get a chance. Finally, a real important step for determining your level of risk with cancer and something that Woody discussed earlier is looking at your own genetic history. So you want to think about have people in your family had cancer? Have your have your parents ever had cancer? Have your grandparents had cancer? Have the people in your extended family gotten cancer? And if so, what kind of cancer was it? Because chances are if there's some patterns that you can see in your own genetic history, chances are you're at a higher risk for whatever kind of cancer they were getting. So what you want to do is look at the cancer patterns in your family history and then go and look at what are the real specific nutrients, vitamins, etc. that are going to protect against those specific types of cancer because chances are based upon the genetics, those are the kind of cancers that you are at a higher risk for. But despite doing everything that I've talked about, you can still wind up getting cancer. Even if you eat a ton of fiber, get all your vitamin D, stay away from red meat, you can still end up getting cancer. So it's really important to check yourself and get tested 
often to see if you do have cancer. For instance, a woman after her 20th birthday should begin to start checking herself for breast cancer. A man after the age of 50, both men and women need to become aware of colorectal cancer and schedule an annual checkup. Uh, at 50 years old, men need to start getting checked for prostate cancer, which often has no side effects. Anyone over the age of 20 should go in annually and have the doctor examine their thyroid, testicles, ovaries, lymph node, oral cavities, and skin. It's important to know your family history and to be careful. Listen to your body and you'll have a much better chance of catching cancer early and having a way better chance of surviving it if you do get it. About my story with cancer, for those of you that are interested, I was, it was my junior year of high school, and I was 16 years old, and I was training for uh, football season because I played wide receiver for my school's football team. And I was training, and pretty vigorously and I started to have a pain in my left knee um, or along the inside of the knee where your MCL is which stands for medial collateral ligament and so that that started to hurt and I kept going to the trainer and they told me that I sprained my MCL so I iced it and then I you know kept icing it and that didn't help so then they said, well, maybe you maybe you tore your MCL, but that's okay because the MCL heals itself, so you don't need surgery. So I was like, all right, awesome. And it kept hurting, kept getting worse, until finally they said, well, maybe you should, maybe you should get an MRI. So I got an MRI, which showed a small bump, and they thought that this bump was a bone spur or a benign tumor which means that it's not cancerous. So they, they said that we'll remove this tumor and you'll be back up and running in a couple weeks. So I was super excited for this, had the surgery, and the surgeon said, you know, the, the, the bones seemed a little bit funny, a little bit weird, so we're going to get it checked out and we'll let you know. So I, you know, being 16 and naive, said, okay, well, sounds good. So came back for the checkup and he said, well... It's, it's, you know, cancer and had that whole big talk. And so I had to start chemotherapy. And I was actually fortunate enough to do um, a kind of revolutionary type of chemotherapy, which is called interarterial chemotherapy. And it's only done a couple places in the entire world. So I was really lucky to have been allowed to do it. And the way it works is they put a tube through the vein and shoot the shoot the chemo right at the tumor and so for mine you know it, the tumor was in my leg so they went through the femoral artery and I did four rounds of that getting like cisplatin doxorubicin whole bunch of nasty kinds of chemotherapy and then I had a knee replacement surgery which is where they go in and they remove all the bones and ligaments and everything and put in a metal knee so you most commonly see this kind of surgery in men that are, I don't know, like 70 years old and have terrible knees from playing sports when they were younger and all the cartilage is worn out. And so this is, you know, the surgery they get. So I had this same type of knee. And, you know, if they're meant to be used on 70-year-old men, you know, there's not a lot of 
action going on with them. So I wasn't really allowed to do a whole bunch of things with this knee. Like I couldn't run. I couldn't do contact sports. whole bunch of stuff like that. And so after I had the knee replacement, I had to do four rounds of post-op chemotherapy, which is a little bit easier of chemotherapy, doing stuff like methotrexate, uh, iphosphamide, but still, still tough chemotherapies. And after I finished all the chemotherapy, I was in remission. I was happy. I got my hair back. I was walking around just like normal. Everything was all good until... I went and got scans, and it showed three golf ball-sized tumors in my lungs. So I had to have my first thoracotomy. Then where they went in, they kind of spread the ribs and take out these chunks of your lung where the where the tumors are. And the thing is, with cutting into any type of tumor, you know, doesn't matter what type of cancer you have, you always want to cut with good margins. You never want to cut into the tumor so you always want to be able to cut you know with solid margins around it so you know that's what they did when they did the knee replacement and with the thoracotomy cut with good margins around it and I you know had to start a low-grade chemotherapy after that because you know if there was cancer in me to make the lung tumors then there might be more cancer floating around in my body so I started low-grade chemotherapy for the next probably eight months which it didn't it didn't make me lose my hair which was nice so I was able to go come in once every couple weeks get my chemo and live a pretty normal life regardless of that and once I went off of that it was probably about like November so then I had scans late December and I came in and there was already tumors in my lungs so they were like, well, crap, we have to remove these. So I had those tumors removed, my second thoracotomy. And after that, they were like, you qualify perfectly for this drug trial they're doing down in Houston at MD Anderson, which is this amazing cancer center they have down in Houston. So I went down to Houston to start this drug trial a few months later. And they did another scan of my lungs. And I already had more tumors growing in them. So they were like, geez, come on, Woody, stop growing tumors. So I I started the drug trial and they wanted to keep the tumors uh, in my lungs to be able to see, to monitor them to see how, uh, how I responded to the treatment. And so after a couple months of it and they could see that the tumors were responding well, they removed it and I had my third thoracotomy so then I finished up with the drug trial everything was all good and I after the drug trial I was living life in in remission again got my you know had my hair was healthy working two jobs going to school everything was going well until I had a nagging pain in my left calf and so I went to my doctors and I said, hey, my calf's in a ton of pain. What's going on? And they said, well, because of the new replacement surgery that you had, you can get tendinitis in the calf. And so that's probably what's going on. So I was like, okay, just tendinitis. I'll ice it, take some ibuprofen, you know, we'll, won't worry about it. And it kept getting worse and worse and worse. And so then they did this test, which 
Cancer cells have 10 times as many receptors for sugar as anything else. So they injected me with radioactive sugar. And then you wait a couple hours and then they scan you to see where the sugar went. So if you have cancer anywhere in your body, it's going to light up because all the sugar is going to go to the cancer cells. So they did this and it didn't show anything. So they said, well, you don't have cancer, so it's not cancer. So I kept on working my jobs, taking a bunch of ibuprofen, being in pain all the time. And then they said, you know what, let's try an MRI. It won't give us a very good image because of the metal in your knee. And the M in MRI stands for magnetic. So you combine those two and you don't get great images. So they said, it's not going to look great, but we'll be able to see a little bit of what's going on in there. So they did an MRI and it showed a four-inch tumor in my calf. And then everything sort of made sense all of a sudden. Because I always responded really well to chemotherapy, so it was always puzzling to them why it kept coming back in my lungs. And so they think that it was in my calf the entire time. And it it stayed small because of all the chemotherapy and treatments and drug trials I was on over the years. But it just kept seeding my lungs. Because the way a tumor works is it sets up all these blood blood cells and blood vessels and... Uh, a couple of little cancer cells will block, will break off from the tumor and get stuck in your lungs. And so they think that this was in my calf the entire time. And so since we removed the leg, I had my leg amputated in June 14th of 2011. And I'd been doing chemotherapy ever since. And actually am finishing my final round right now in the hospital. My 12th and final round. Woo! feels good to be done. So they think that it was in my calf the whole time and it, that's what was spreading it to the lungs. So since they got rid of the source of the cancer and they got rid of everything out of my lungs, that I'm going to be all good now. So that's what I'm counting on. So this is my final round of treatment. Feeling healthy. There's no cancer anywhere in my body. Feeling good. Ready to kick this thing once and for all. It's actually interesting becoming an amputee. Uh, I talked a little bit earlier about how with my knee replacement, there was a lot of stuff I couldn't do. But with the leg amputated, I'm actually able to do a lot more stuff now, which is kind of interesting because it's kind of counterintuitive to think that you get your leg cut off, it's going to give you more abilities. But that's kind of what has happened in my life because there's special prosthetics for virtually every lifestyle and activity you can imagine there's rock climbing prosthetics snowboarding prosthetics running prosthetics biking prosthetics just anything you want to do there's a prosthetic that can do it and granted prosthetics are kind of expensive and so I guess it's not always the case that you lose your leg and you can keep doing everything you want to do but I've been blessed in that way that I am able to keep pursuing athletics even though I only have one leg it's actually kind of cool I've been looking at amputee pole vaulting because when I was in high school I pole vaulted and the truth is there's like no one has pole vaulted as an amputee before except for this one girl who actually lives in my city and she's an amputee pole vaulter and so I'm going to get her to teach me teach me how to pole vault again as an amputee and 
because there's not really any world records as a pole vaulting as a male amputee pole vaulter so i mean i might as well try it right because you get a world record for participating that's not many things you can you can talk about or many there's not many things in life that you can get a world record for just participating in so might as well give it a try could be a lot of fun i liked pole vaulting back in high school and so so that's kind of my story with cancer it's taken like the past five years of my life that i've been doing treatment on and off it's been a crazy journey i've definitely it's definitely changed my mindset a whole lot from where i was as a 16 year old scumbag teenager to where i am now as an adult and it's been it's been a cool journey and so uh i so now i'm gonna go into a couple tips for you to avoid dealing with a cancer episode like I had. And so we usually like to end the episode with some sort of funny story. So I figure I'd tell you a little story about when I had cancer. For my first round, I did something called interarterial chemotherapy, which is where they go through the artery and shoot the chemotherapy right at the tumor. So for my cancer, I had it in the left knee and so they had to go through the femoral artery which is in the groin so for the first round they had to clean that area up if you know what i'm saying and so for my second round i'm losing hair everywhere i figured they started the job i'll finish it so there i am on the table wearing nothing but a towel and a smile i hear the clippers come on the towel lifts and the nurse says very nice woody yeah cash money heroes To connect with the Limitless Mindset community, along with a chance to win free neurotropic brain supplements and other awesome prizes, please give our Facebook page a like at facebook.com backslash Limitless Mindset. If you found this podcast to be informative and entertaining, Please give us a five-star review in iTunes or whatever podcast directory you are listening and write us a review letting us know what you think of the show. And remember that the best compliment we can ever hope to receive is you sharing the show with a friend. I hope you guys all uh, found some useful information in today's episode and uh, thank you so much for listening. And also, we have just eclipsed the 10,000 download milestone. So thank you all for being a part of that and for listening to us. Uh, My brother and I are very thankful to have you all listening. And this has been a cool experience for both of us. And we hope to be able to bring you more content that you can enjoy. And like always, we appreciate your feedback, whether it's uh, positive or negative. Um, We want to hear what you think about the show so we can improve upon it. So as always, if you'd like to get in contact with us, you can tweet at us at Woody Roseland or my brother at Jonathan Roseland or go to our website, LimitlessMindset.com. If you'd like to check out some more of the content from the show. But thank you so much for listening. My name is Woody Roseland and don't forget to take your vitamin D and your fiber. Have a great day. Legal notices. If you or someone you know developed or created a concept, piece of content, or idea shared on this show, please email us at 
info at limitlessmindset.com. So we can mention them in the show notes or provide a backlink. We want to give credit where credit is due. As a listener to the Limitless Mindset Podcast, we hope you have and practice common sense. However, since some of the content covered in this show deals with subjects of a health, legal, or business nature, this show is for entertainment purposes. If you need recommendations of doctors, nutritionists, or attorneys to consult before making decisions that may have health or legal repercussions, please email us at info at limitlessmindset.com.